Hi, Jamie. Hi, Daniel. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year to you. How's the year going for you so far? It's been a really good year, and I know it's only six days, but how about for you? It's been pretty good. And I know one of the things we do at the New Year is we look forward and we look back. This time last year, we each picked three words we're going to live with for the year. It's Tiny Challenges. I'm Jamie Newberry. And I'm Daniel Steinberg. I would love to know how you did with your three words. So my three words were share, move, and they. My daughter and I have been getting to the gym regularly. I shared more of what I'm doing with others. And I really focused on the they of what I do. How about you? I had finish, focus, and fun. Fun tends to be threaded throughout my life. I thought I needed more fun, but I don't know. I think I do a pretty good job at fun. So I'm going to just set that one aside. Finish and focus were two that I put a lot of effort in, and I ended up taking some interesting paths over 2016. Um, I ended up joining Martian Craft, who was a client of mine, as their COO, which really put my focus in one area instead of in like 50. Um, and that was pretty cool. And and meanwhile, I was also finishing something I had started with some friends, um, which turned into a company I launched, which led to my leaving uh, Martian Craft as their COO. And now I'm running a company called Picture This Clothing. So it's, it's really interesting. In this year, are you going to keep finish as one of your words? Or are you going to pick three new words? I think I'm going to do three new words, but finish is going to remain. I have a loop to close, one big loop to close, and I really want to finish it this year. So one of the words you considered last year because you were on this F thing was family. My sixth grader has eighth grade math, and so I'm doing eighth grade math like two or three hours a night, I swear. It's what it feels like. It's probably 30 minutes, but... Um, you know, so like my family time right now is homework focused. As a former teacher, I really want homework to have a purpose, something you want the student to work on outside of school. But it's really become this badge of courage where teachers say, I assign 30 minutes a night no matter what. It's not because the students need those 30 minutes. It's That's what you do. Yeah, that's what it feels like. I have to say for this, for, for the sixth grade math most of the time, it just feels like something they're supposed to do. I don't know. Maybe they need more practice. I don't know. I don't remember ever having that much homework, though. As adults, the work we do or should do isn't busy work. It's focused and it's directed at something we want to accomplish. And I wonder if it was that way for kids, instead of endless repetition of things they get after the third problem, if it was something for a purpose, I wonder if it feels different. I bet it would. I mean, I feel like if you have an idea of working towards something, man, it just makes it so much more worthwhile. But when you don't know what you're working toward and it just feels like grind work, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to justify. You talked about Charles Duhigg's book Habits last year. So I've been listening to one of his other books, Smarter, Better, Faster. And one of the points several people he interviews makes is that it almost doesn't matter if the choice you make leads you to do things better, it's that you get to make the choice. So maybe if kids get to say, it's the third problem, I get it now, and the teacher still gives quizzes to check whether they get it or not. I know this doesn't have anything to do with our New Year's resolutions, but this homework for homework's sake, maybe it does. Maybe there's something about the work we choose for ourselves. Oh, man. I think there's something there. I think there's something a lot deeper there about the work we choose for ourselves. My three for this year were going to be make it yours, make it theirs, make it you. But after talking to you, I think I'm going to change the third one. What What do you think you're going to change it to? Do what matters. Ah, oh, I love it. 
when it matters, it is about you. It's about sort of like the deepest depths of your soul, what matters, and, and what is it about you that you bring to the table that makes it different. And also, while you go through this period where you have your company, your girls are in the forefront, you have to shake the things that don't matter as much. You're, you're constantly making choices. It must have been hard to say, I know I just became COO of this company, but I just can't fit it in right now. You had to make that choice. That's, I think, one of the keys, though, to like focus, right? I mean, focus was one of my words. And it's like the power of saying no. Um, you know, when you say no, another thing that I've done already is say no to tech conferences. You know, it, it's I know that I have to I'm, I'm doing a few of them that I had said yes to before we launched Picture This. So I have a few sprinkled out throughout 2017. But as each new request comes in, I've had to say no. And it's hard for me to say no because I really love doing them. I love the public speaking. I love the tech conferences, the community. Um, I love all those things. But I know, I know that I have to make room for what's important right now and in the future of Picture This, which is not tech conferences. You know, it doesn't necessarily relate. Like children's fashion clothing brand doesn't necessarily relate to a tech conference. There's that important step before focus that's identify, you know, decide what it is you should focus on. It's that old, you can get faster at climbing trees, but it's better to stop and think which tree you should climb. You know, and this is why you, you, you talk about what matters. That's the compass that guides you. That's the compass that guides you no matter what space you're in, no matter what trail you meander off onto. You have this little compass that says, this is what's important to me. Those are your core values and those guide every decision you make. And sometimes, yeah, you do derail a little bit here and there and you have to look at it. You have to look at the compass and get back on track. As a father, my compass has always been my children. As I made decisions to change my profession to keep my kids near their grandparents or the decisions I'm making now... When you have that focus, it makes those decisions really easy. You just keep focused on that thing that matters the most. You know, for me, that's that's what's important is keeping my kids safe and, and loved. And, and really, like, those are the most important things, safe and loved. But anything else supports those things. I mean, I have eight, eight things. Some of them are, are very personal um, and maybe selfish. And that's been something that's been kind of a hard step for me to take is to be a little more selfish and and make sure I'm taking care of myself. I have a lot of guilt around being selfish, and yet I know for my health this year, that's something I'm going to need to do more of. I need to think of the things I need to do for me as well. I really, I had a, a pretty jarring learning experience last year with um, taking care of myself and like my back. I've had a kind of messed up back for a while. Well, around Yosemite, CocoConf Yosemite time, March, April last year, um, when I got home from Yosemite, I had reached a point where it hurt so badly to stand, to lay down, to cough, to roll over while I was sleeping. Like it, it hurt so bad to, to move that I, ha I finally I had to go get help because I couldn't tolerate the pain anymore. It didn't matter how many Advil I took or whatever, like the pain was too much. It finally reached a point where I couldn't I couldn't just, you know, power through it. And so I saw a back doctor and he said, well, you have you have genetic deterioration in your spine. So he did a bunch of stuff. So both my parents had terrible backs. It didn't surprise me at all. And um, and he said, but you can fix this with exercise. You don't need um, surgery. You, you'll 
you get active. So I saw a physical therapist for about two months, and then I transitioned that time that I had allotted for physical therapy over to a gym once my physical therapy um, expired, basically. I went to a gym with a trainer who was also a full-time physical therapist. <laughs> so, so she um, and I've, I've continued working with her three days a week since May of last year, and I'm still doing that um, into this year. And I feel awesome. It's striking that you classify that as a selfish act. It's not like I'm going to eat more ice cream or something self-indulgent. The fact that you classify that as selfish tells us a lot about ourselves, that we don't allow ourselves to have anything like that. We don't. And I think, you know, taking care of yourself is so imperative. And it's something that I've made it important enough to maintain, to grow. But I still I haven't reached a point where I can let go of my trainer yet. So I, I work with her three days a week and then I do it by myself two days a week and then I rest two days a week. And I don't know. Like, it's funny because I, I, I'm not ready to let go of her yet. Like, I still feel like I need her in order to hold myself accountable to show up. One of my favorite writing coaches talked about that, where she had an appointment to write with somebody. And if they weren't going to make it, they weren't to tell her. She would still show up and do her writing. And I used to do that at the gym with a workout partner. Our deal was, if you can't make it, don't tell me. That's awesome. I like that. You know, that when I think back to, I, I ran a marathon when I was 28 years old, and um, the only way that that happened was training partners, was I had, a, I had a training partner who we ran every day at 5 a.m., and you know, there were days when we were training, we had to get up earlier to get our full run in before work, so we'd get up at 3, and I would have never done that on my own. Never. But I love that. I wish I'd known about that idea of if you can't make it, don't tell me. Because there were days where she would call and say, I'm not going to make it today. and Or I would call her, not going to make it today. Not a lot of them, but they did happen. And then the other one doesn't go. Yeah. And yeah, if she wasn't going, I'm certainly not getting out of bed in the freezing cold at 5 a.m. Like to go run by myself in the dark. No way. Well, maybe I will go back to make it you because once you make it part of yourself, you just do it. Well, what does that mean, though? Making it part of yourself, like elaborate on that, because that might be that might be a tricky step for some folks, you know? You know, when you learn to drive and everything takes concentration, I'm going to signal two light poles before the turn. And then all of a sudden you notice you're driving without thinking. You've made it you. You've become part of it. You're a driver. It's the same for me as writing. When I was developing my style, I'd have to think, I need more white space. I need shorter sentences, active verbs. And then all of a sudden, it was just the way I wrote. I love it. You know what? I love what you said there. I need more. When you look at your writing, it, so it sounds like you look at it as a composition, like a visual composition. That's that's kind of amazing. I've never, ever run across that before. Which is funny because I write for the ear, but yes, I look at it. That's so cool, like looking at it from a distance and how it lays out. That's that's awesome. So one of your words for this year is still finish. Have you thought of what the other two are? You know, I feel like I need more time. And I think that's what the month of January, the way we set it up last year, I really liked that. We gave ourselves a little bit of time to kind of soak on it, you know, like spend the month of January instead of just diving into, I'm going to do this, this and this. Um, let's think about it a little bit. I'm going to I'm going to spend some time. So that's the tiny challenge we're going to invite others to join us with to find three words to live by this year. 
this challenge that we learned from Chris Brogan. That's it. I love that challenge. Think about the words that you want to spend the rest of the year with and write it down. I would really encourage folks to write it down. Um, write down your reason why you chose these three words. You know, I, I did that last year. I made a little blog post out of it and rereading it and kind of revisiting where I'm at a full year later is a really cool thing. If you haven't done that before or if you do that regularly, I really encourage the writing it down thing. Um, and, and the step beyond that is to share it publicly. Um, writing it down for yourself is one thing, and it can be scary to share things publicly. But I would really encourage folks to share this in a in a community. I mean, I consider the Tiny Challenges community a very safe space, um, a very encouraging people, um, and nobody's out there to make fun of or or pick at or or anything like that. But just support and encourage. And when you put it out there, it's another layer of accountability. I find, and I, I would love to share that with folks. It's Tiny Challenges. I'm Daniel Steinberg. I'm Jamie Newberry. Thanks also to James Dempsey for composing our theme song. All right, we'll see you next month. <laughs> <laughs>